I have the utmost confidence that anytime an individual is vulnerable, it's a net positive. You feel you feel me? Mm-hmm. It's a net positive. I, I I definitely think so because even if you don't get the answer that you're looking for today or tomorrow, at some point it will because you've released yourself of that inhibition. I'm on you guys this time, man. Oh, that's amazing. We'll make it happen. So, um, we got with us a special guest, everyone, on the Gents Talk podcast today. We got a Juno winner. Yes, sir. Multiple time Juno nominee, Mm -hmm. a rising star in the Canadian music scene and the global music scene. Cheese. A lot of big things coming up for our boy Toby over here. What's going on, man? Yes, sir. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Yes, sir. How Thank are you? you for having me. Um, this is this is important to me, so let's do it. Amazing. Let's do it. So we were talking before we we, we started recording about moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just recently moved to LA, or not recently? Sorry, during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about the the, the challenges of moving from you know one part of the city to the next, one country to another, but for families moving from like one part of the world to another part where they don't speak the language and everything. And you said that that hit on a deep level. So I'm wondering, maybe we can start right there. Why does that hit you on a deep level? Well, I mean, uh, it hits me deeply because my family did that. You know what I'm saying? We moved from uh, Nigeria Hmm. to Canada. And, you know, that process, I moved with with my dad. It was just me and him. Um, I was nine years old. Nine, okay. Yeah, so it was just me and him. And then we left the rest of my siblings in Nigeria and my mom. Um, And then, you know, when we got here, we got like assimilated over like a year and a half bit. And then my dad, you know, filed the paperwork to bring the rest of them over to Canada. How was it leaving your, like the other half of your family? That's not easy, especially as a kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't easy because the foundation... As you know it, the family is your first foundation, right? These are the first people that you love. And I'm in this new place, and I'm not with the people that I've built that foundation with, that love with, that trust with. You know what I mean? So um, it was a very shaky time, bro. You know, very shaky time. Just trying to understand um, what new family meant. Because I didn't know when they were going to come. Like I told you, a year and a half went by, right? Yeah. But in my head, I had no timeline. It was like COVID when we thought it was going to be like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just years. like, oh, <laughs> we'll see what happens, right? So it was a bit of a limbo stage. So, yeah, that's that's what I can recall. Incredible. So you've had uh, an astounding, like the last three, four, five years. Like your career has just upward trajectory. Thank you. A lot happening. And all of that... And, and we're going to touch on, uh, you know, you have a new album coming mm-hmm. and you have the nominees come in. But a lot of that is, you know, just sort of one part of the journey mm-hmm. prior to that, leading up to all of that. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, Ooh, man. What happened? Oh, my goodness. Um, a lot happened. Um, you know, growing up, 
especially as a as an immigrant, right? Because mm. I wasn't born in this country, and there's values. There's a value system with my parents and my whole community, and it's basically you you go and do your undergrad, you go and do your postgrad. You got to do what it takes to make sure that this decision that we made to move does not go in vain. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Um, so that was a big part of my journey was um, just figuring that out, navigating school system, did post-secondary, all that good stuff. And um, there Sorry, was a- Did you do that because you wanted to or because you felt you owed it to the to your family for- Because you made a point of, you know, like you came here, yeah. it better be for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, I would say it was like 70% because of, I felt- I owed it to my family for the decision that they made, yeah. right? And then the 30% was like, you know, I actually, you know, see myself being a professional in this in this world, you know what I mean? Um, but a lot of it was, yo, I don't want to let, you know, my dukes down. I don't want to let my lineage down, my, my um, you know, my people back home who are watching these guys. Yeah. You yeah. see me? Yeah. So. How long, like when you start like rapping and being like, okay, I can, I can spit. Um, I started rapping when I was like nine, ten years old when yeah. I first moved out here. Um, just, you know, pen to the paper type shit, you know what I mean? Um, and, um, you know, emulating other rappers before I found my own voice as an artist. And, um, yeah, I didn't, ta I, didn't, I didn't take it on professionally until about, I would say, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. What was the trigger moment that said, you know what, I'm going to do this? The trigger moment was one day. Hey, that's my stomach. I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm going to get some food after this. It's mandatory. Um, it was, so I was working full time, yo, full time as a youth mental health counselor, which was, a, I'm going to tell you one thing. I have so much respect for those people because a lot of the times the job is not paying that great, mm. but they're working hard, yo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's a thankless job. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. you know, you go to work, <laughs> people may not appreciate what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, like I said, I have, a, I have a ton of respect for those people because I work there front line. And there was one day I was talking to one of the youth and I'll never forget this. He was a he was a rapper too. He wanted yeah. to rap. And he was like, Man, you're actually really good. I was like, Yeah, bro, I do this. <laughs> He's like, So what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, Damn, what am I doing here? You know what I'm saying? And that was one of those things where it was like a it was like a shift in my brain. Hmm. I was like, Man, this kid is on to something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been doing this for a long time and I love it so much and why am I not like taking it where I really want to take it to you know so you know and then I I quit that job you know what I mean and that was uh that was a decision that I had to make um you know the loss of financial security of course that comes with having it's not an a easy job one. like that yeah. but the recurring know. paycheck <laughs> you feel me yeah so, yeah, but I don't regret that decision the slightest, you know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, I just had to make that move. When you, when you made that decision, how did you, how did you reconcile the, 
the I'm not going to have consistent pay coming through no more. I'm going the non-traditional route. I'm also doing something that, you know, is not typically what parents, like immigrant parents, want their kids to be doing. Yeah. You, know, you go to your parents and you tell them, hey, I want to become a rapper. I want to become an artist, a musician. They're like, well, you have a job already. Mm-hmm. Right. What was that conversation like? Um, whoo, what was that conversation? What was that? What was that series, series. of conversations? Five part like? series, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely a series of conversations. It was um, man, I'm I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful for um, um, for my parents and my and my system because I told them, yo, I did the school route. I'm capable of finishing it. I work full time. I'm capable of doing it. Now this is another avenue that yes it comes with risk but you know I'm an adult you know what I'm saying like I can make I can make it move I can mm-hmm. make it shake and um you know they they're results based they're very results based people which yeah. you got to respect cuz I'm a results based person too but I also have a lot of faith you know what I'm saying so um yeah, the combo didn't go as well as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was a series. Long, long story short. Take, how long did it take for them to really be like, okay, like... This is legit. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and it kind of hurts me a little bit to say this, but it was when somebody showed them on the outside and they were like, yo... My son is a huge fan of your son, mm-hmm. his music. And then it was like, huh, what are you talking about? And he's like, boom, 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 look at all this, look at all this, look at all this. And they showed the whole Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, so you're actually doing your thing. Um, and you know what, I'm going to take some responsibility for that too, because I wasn't showing them, oh, well, this is exactly what I'm doing, this yeah. is exactly what I'm doing. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to head down. It's also hard to show it. them because when you originally came to them, they weren't all for it. Exactly. Right, so it's like, why would I want to show you what I'm doing if you don't even support it at the beginning at first? Right. Yeah, you don't want to really run into that roadblock. Because you don't want time. each time you show them something, yeah. they'll be like, okay, okay, okay. Because they weren't impressed the first time I told you this. Exactly, you exactly. Know? So that that's actually a really great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like, you know what? In my head, I'm like, man, listen, I don't want to sow any seed of doubt in my brain. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You can't sow any seed of doubt. The moment that happens, <laughs> you might as well just, you know what I mean, just pack it in. It it needs to be a constant, you've got this. It needs to be like Coach Carter when the coach is talking to the yeah, to the yeah. players. Yeah. You, I got to have my own Coach Carter in my head. I have a Coach Carter in my head at all times mm-hmm. being like, yo, you got this. Move, move, move. No seed of doubt. So it's probably why I didn't tell nobody. So is that how you protect your sort of your like your mental state when you're working, when you're doing doing your grind? Like no doubts. Yeah, there's no room for doubt. Because the thing is when 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 you allow doubt to step in, you're afraid to make mistakes. You're afraid to fail. When doubt is out the picture, you fail and you keep it moving. You make mistakes and you keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? And and I always employ that kind of thought process of, you know, what if I was a three-year-old right now learning how to ride a bike? If I fall off, I just fall off and then I just get back on. You know what I'm saying? If I learn how to swim and I can't float properly, I just get back on it. So I always kind of treat myself 
with that kind of, yeah. you know, that kind of grace. Like, yo, you're just, you're doing this thing. Regardless of where it's at right now, you got this. Keep it going. I be talking to myself all the time, yo. So, all the time. How loud? Yeah. yeah no, was... no, no, that's good. Like, I do oh, too, yeah. but like, I feel like a lot of people do, but they're trying to make it like you can't talk to yourself out loud. <laughs> I, I'm, I mumbled out, out loud, like to myself, but under my breath. That's how I talk to myself. Bro, <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm like, in my I'm like, kitchen like, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I got this, man. Yeah, bro. Well, you, I guess you got to, right? Like, that's, that's the only way that you can consistently push through. What about the days when shit's not working for you? When, you, you know the you're you're writing it's not coming out when a meeting went wrong whatever how do you get yourself back um yeah i mean i got a great team of people um that that work with me not just on a professional standpoint but like on a personal level mm -hmm. you know that i can reason and bounce ideas off and you know when when i take a l it's like I have somebody that I could be like, yo, this this sucks, yo. Like, I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I am actually disappointed. And what can I do to make sure this doesn't happen again? What can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again? And, you know, and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, I will say I've been able to develop a resilience through the natural process of life, mm -hmm. but also grateful to have a strong circle and people in my corner that I can, you know, be vulnerable with when things aren't going well. I like that you use that word vulnerable. That's something, you, you, know, you know, you mentioned you went to school with Deshaun. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. was something that he talked about a lot, which was vulnerability and leading right. vulnerability. Is that something that speaks to you and resonates with you, being vulnerable? Because it's not something that typically resonates with a lot of men, particularly in the, in the rap game. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's wild because some of my favorite rappers are the most vulnerable rappers. Mm -hmm. You know, Andre 3000, Drake, uh, Scarface from Ghetto Boys. Mm -hmm. um, um, who else can I think of off top? This artist, Mavi, who just who just came out a couple years ago. Uh, he had a show in Toronto last night. Um, you know, those are those are my favorite rappers. And the reason why is because is is honest it's true it's scary because you never know how the person on the other side is either gonna receive it yeah. or if they're gonna validate you if they're gonna clown you if they're gonna help you find a solution you never know yeah you just put it out there yeah and you know you just got to deal with the results however however it comes but i have the utmost confidence that Anytime an individual is vulnerable, it's a net positive. You feel you feel me? Mm -hmm. It's a net positive. I, I I definitely think so because even if you don't get the answer that you're looking for today or tomorrow, at some point it will because you've released yourself of that inhibition. Yeah. And the circle of people that you have around you, we talk a lot about having the right group of people in your mm -hmm. circle, people like you can rely on, people that you yeah. can talk to when you're feeling disappointed, when things aren't going your way, but also the same kind of people that, and you make a point about this a lot of, like they, they'll celebrate your wins mm -hmm. for, with you. Yeah. How important is it for you to have that right group of people around you, especially given where your career is and going? 
like you want to make sure that you have them with you and you want to have the right people absolutely man like you know i'll first i'll start off with with my manager david you know i'm gonna give him his flowers live on his air i've known him for 10 plus years at this point you know and he's seen every l and every w that i've ever taken you know at, in my professional career and um you know that 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 is special to have that kind of connection with another human being you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and you know as a result of that connection that we have everybody else that comes into our ecosystem they got to fit into that paradigm because we've already built that foundation you know what i'm saying and 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 it's just an extension right anytime somebody comes on whether it's a publicist or you know videographer or somebody who's working with us long term they see yo this is the culture we've already established so you got to fit into it or not yeah so that's the culture that 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 we want you know a safe space to express yourself how you want to mm. you said your type of you, uh, your type of music you said it's unapologetically soul music right yes sir okay so my, my question is for someone to be unapologetic I feel like it's because you used to have to apologize for stuff before right 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 so now that you're unapologetic so what are these things that you don't have to apologize for anymore oh oh <laughs> yeah that's real we keep it real on the gents <laughs> no absolutely so there's a song on my last album it's called growth it's the intro to the album and I said, and one of the lines is, resume say Oluwatobi, holy smokes, love ain't a joke. Mm. Self-love ain't a joke. And that's one of the things that I used to apologize for, which was the full extent of my name, right? It might sound subtle, it might sound little, but there's power in the name because I find a lot of immigrants or even people who don't, belong to the dominant culture you gotta your tongue needs to bend you know what i'm saying to fit into the dominant culture and that's something that i told myself i'm not doing anymore i'm gonna wear my full name i'm gonna wear my culture i'm gonna wear my my being front and center you know what i'm saying mm. um yeah no, i read that because i know not like i talk to people and they'll say a name like just call me this yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like, "What?" Yeah, like I'm like, I'm gonna try to say, and I'm like, I'm not, obviously, then if I if I mess it up, I mess it up, but I'm legit trying. But I'm not gonna just call you that. I'm like, that's your name. Like I wanna like help me pronounce. It. If I cannot pronounce it at all, then yes. But like I usually, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at pronouncing names once they tell me. Mm. Right. It's like don't like feel, why why do you feel you need to shorten your name for the piece of mm. the masses? I guess right. Like yeah. it's just so in that point, just keep your name. I love I love it. And, like someone's like the full name. That's why I'm always, I'm always Matthew too, right? Never like I don't like Matt. I'm like Matthew's my name. Yeah, like, you know, and, and it's always like I've, calling people by the full name too. Yeah, it's funny because sometimes I'll shorten my name if I think that the person on the other side won't be able to say it easily. And it's, my name's not right. hard. It's Samir. No. It's very easy. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it might, it might like, be just Samer. call me Sam. Like Sam or <laughs> I get Sam or yeah. Like, yeah, but mm. like I'll correct it. But sometimes it's just easier to say Sam because I'm like, you know what? You'll hear it. You'll know it. You won't mess it up. Right. What do you like more, Samir? Yeah, no, like me. I like it. It's such a nice name. What does it mean? Thank you. Uh, companion. Compan oh my goodness. That's fire. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's cool, but <laughs> it, it basically means a companion, someone that uh will will join you on your journey mm. 
to where you're going. I may not be there for the whole journey, but yeah. I will be your companion for whatever part of life we're supposed to be together. Whoa. What, is, what does Sam okay. mean? Sam? Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> you're going to lose Samir for that? You're right. Still I know. Trying to find out. About, man. That's why, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. You got to keep the full name. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, no, that's dope. That's dope, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I, I definitely see the point where if you're used to your name being butchered so much, yeah. I could see why you'd be like, hey, man, listen. Just call me this. Sure. Just take sure. these. Yeah. Just take these three letters and just call me that, because I would, I can't even deal with. Fair, sure, it's true. Like, yeah, because if you can't say my name, I don't want to hear it incorrectly either. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's just whatever floats your boat, as long as you feel good about it. Yeah. I mean, there's some people the that like holder. their nickname. That, yeah. Like they'll hear it and they'll like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Actually, just call me by that because I yeah. prefer it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so the the next evolutionary step of your career mm -hmm. i mentioned this a few times now and i'm going to keep mentioning it because you're doing incredible things thank you so what walk us through sort of what like what's the next step what happens you release an album mm -hmm. you know you go on a tour you're being nominated for a juno um hopefully by the time this goes out you won the juno <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just curious as to you know what's on your radar what are you hoping to accomplish um for me it's a couple of things i think music has always been my primary vehicle of expressing myself um but i really want to build out my whole brand as mm -hmm. far as um what i want to put out into the world which is you know music art uh curation you know having like physical spaces for people to enjoy the music enjoy the art, maybe food, fashion, right? I wanna build all that together um, and put that out to the world, you know? Cause I feel like um, I've, I've been thinking so much about ways to help improve people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And music has always been the primary way of doing that, but I, I, just wanna, I just wanna give more. I wanna build more, you know? So. Um, that's what I have coming next. And um, I started that over the pandemic uh, with a platform uh, called Unpack, um, which is uh, which is like a, a mental health forum for creatives. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Tell us about that. Yeah, it, it literally started in 20, 2019 now, actually. So four years ago. Um, and we had an in-person uh, session with creatives, artists, songwriters, whatever your creative uh, medium is. And basically we just gave each other tools. We gave each other tools like, you know, what helps you overcome writer's block? Hmm. You know, how do you, how do you balance your books as an artist? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause you're also an entrepreneur. How do you, well, yeah. I mean like, how do you balance your books in general? Yeah. I think it's like a huge thing for a lot of people. People don't be talking about that, yeah. but you must, we must actually. We must because, you know, we're artists right now, but we want to be art. We want to be creatively expressing ourselves for as long as we live. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's not beat around the bush. We need finances. We need resources and we need a foundation to be able to do that into old age so that we're taking care of ourselves. So that's a big part of it. You got to know some accounting. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so how do you, what would you tell younger artists who are coming up or starting to work on the craft? They're, they're in that moment where they're going to walk away from that regular paycheck. Mm -hmm. They want to take this as a, seriously as a career. Mm -hmm. Any lessons you can maybe share with those folks? Absolutely. I would love to. Um, first of all, listen, kudos to you. If that's the path that you want to take, I got a lot of love for you and support for you um, because I know it may seem, you know, it may seem like a mountain. Um, but the first step, I think, is you've got to have unwavering determination and be willing to sacrifice a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you got to be willing to delay gratification and not get exactly what you want right away. Um, two, from a logistical standpoint, you need, uh, you need a financial runway. So if you say for the next six months, if I don't make a single dollar, am I gonna survive? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or whatever your runway is, four months, three months, whatever the case may be. Um, just to think about those. And then also um, utilize the power of DIY, you know, since everything is, you know, on YouTube at this point, right? Utilizing DIY before outsourcing, um, you know, services to other people, mm -hmm. you know, try and learn as much as you can on your own and with your friends, with your peers. I learned this from Issa Rae. You know, we always talk about networking up, but networking um, parallel. Mm. You know what I mean? Which is such an important yes. thing. Like networking within your, we'll call it range, yeah. is so important because that's people that are going through something similar to what you're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. You learn together, you grow yeah. together. And, and you the same mindset as well of, yeah. of, of pushing forward. Mm -hmm. right? And you, you, you become like one giant synergetic team in a lot of ways, right? Like you, your network consistently just grows. And now all of a sudden, when you get to that point where, you know, you need to, to outsource that thing, cause you can no longer DIY it. Yeah. You now have that network of people. You're not wasting your time looking for other people. Absolutely. And yeah. the, the project, uh, unpack. Yes, sir. It's still active. Mm -hmm. What is it doing today to help artists? Um, so over since, we first launched in 2019. Um, we've done four in-person forums, um, you know, partnering up with SoundCloud, uh, Red Bull, University of Toronto, Mississauga. Um, and we did the in-persons and then we did uh, virtual ones uh, partnering with Our Women's Voices mm. uh, to help uh, creatives. And, um, more recently, uh, we we did a, we did a partnership with uh, Unison Fund and Telus, where we were able to donate ten thousand dollars to mental health services in Toronto. Um, one of them was Youthdale Treatment Center, where I used to work, Frontline, and the second one was um, Unison Benevolent Fund. And I don't know if you're aware of Unison Benevolent Fund. No. Basically, it is. Uh, mental health service for musicians okay. in Toronto. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and it provides free services to um, artists who sign up for it. What's and the, I guess, distinction when you're an artist? Like, w what type of mental health services would you typically be seeking as an artist versus 
an average person? I mean, it's the same thing. Right. Um, the only thing would be just an understanding of the sensitivities that come with being an artist. Mm -hmm. okay. So the things we talked about. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, okay, like that makes sense. Financial insecurity yeah. or, you know, creative imposter syndrome. I know everybody yeah, goes yeah. through that, um, yeah. but, you know, there's certain <laughs> ways that it's like attuned to artists, you know what I'm saying? Do you ever, do you ever deal with imposter syndrome? Absolutely. How do you yeah. deal with that? How do I deal with I'm it? I'm always fascinated by that one because that's something that, and I've mentioned this several times, there are times where I'm like, man, is anybody even watching this podcast? But again, it's not even that, it's more my own thing yeah, than yeah, it yeah. is anything else. There's no reason for me to feel that way other than I'm doing that to myself. Right, right. I mean, it's that, it's that um, internal monologue, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'll go into a session and it's like, yo, there's big dogs in this room. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like big dogs. And you know, that voice will creep up and be like, yeah, but you're not them though. And it's like, then the other voice comes in, the Coach Carter voice, mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, but they started off somewhere too. Mm -hmm. And look at what you've done and listen to this thing that you're doing. And it's just, it's just like the internal dialogue, right? But one needs to overcome, one needs to overcome the other. That's why I don't, I don't like any seed of doubt. Mm -mm. Cast away. Yeah, I you, rebuke you. You're going to have your own. You don't want anybody else to bring in outside. Some, and have, have you started thinking thinking negative things that you never even thought of? Yeah. Right? It's just like, oh, I didn't, even, I didn't know that was even an option. Now, now it's not a bad option. Exactly. Like, you know, it's like if you're going to give me a, a, a alternate, like something else to think about, make it, let it be a good thing. Yeah, give me that gas. Yeah, give me that gas. You're stressing on the other stuff all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, so as far as that kind of stuff, man, I love, you know, I love, um, what's his name? Jim Rohn, C.T. Fletcher. I don't know if you guys are familiar with these guys, but um, these are the guys, oh, E.T., the hip-hop preacher. Those are my those are my three, Jim Rohn, C.T. Fletcher, and E.T., mm -hmm. hip-hop preacher. I just listen to them in the morning. They get my mind right, yo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, no time for no time for the imposter syndrome. To be honest, <laughs> please. Do you do any journaling or anything like that? Yeah, I do journal. Um, not as often as I would like to, um, but you gotta uh, make time for it. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, your schedule's all over the place now, right? I can imagine you're just you're always on the go. Fam, it's all over the place. <laughs> it's all over the like place. Like you're in Toronto now for for two days, you said, and then it's just on to yeah. the next stop, and then you're just constantly going. Well, I mean, then, I, yeah, then I'm going to L.A. tomorrow, and then I'm going to be in San Francisco the day after, and who knows how long I'm going to be there, so we'll see. <laughs> Speaking of, like, imposter syndrome, like, what do you think? Because obviously you're going to start thinking sometimes that you ain't shit, right? And then obviously you have to think sometimes that, yo, I'm, I'm the baddest man in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Then you have to reel yourself in. Yeah, yeah. But, like, how much time do you think, what percentage do you still have to have that, I am the baddest in the world. Because it can't be like 40%. It's almost got to be like an insane number. Like it's like you got to be like, because you can't think that you're the baddest on the planet all the time. Right? Because like you said, you got to humble yourself. You got to be able to humble yourself too and, and work through and just go, okay, but like I got this. You know, versus, versus I got this, I know I am versus like I am the best. Right. And, right. And, but you also have to think that you're the best. Absolutely. I think you got to be arrogant enough to be like, yo, I'm the best, 
but you got to be humble enough to be like, yo, I can get better. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that. And that's that teeter. Yeah. You know, that's that fine line. Because, you know, you ask Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? They never out here like, yo, man, listen, I'm not doing good right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if they are, they're probably doing it at home under ones. But um, you know, these are the these are the people that these are the people that lay down the blueprint, you know. Greatness has gotta be all to me. It's to me it's all or nothing. Um and then the part where you you fill in that gap is that yo what can I actually improve on? Because you never you never bad. Mm. If you in the arena, you're not bad. The yeah. fact that you're there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no way you're bad. You in the arena. Yeah, it's like when people online be like, "Oh, this NBA player is trash." What yeah. are you talking Even, about? It's like the it's like <laughs> the, fact he's it? an NBA player. An NBA. <laughs> what was it? White Mama that had that he had that um oh Scalabrini yeah and he had that contest can he beat Scalabrini and he played ball against like people that said he was garbage and he just whooped all of them he like, dummied all every of them. single one of them like it wasn't even like I think the total was something ridiculous the total between like eight to ten people was like thirty two to like eight or something right it just just washed everybody and he's like it shows the difference it's just like it doesn't matter how it's only in the arena like you're better than everybody else watching well haters are haters they're always yeah. gonna hate. Always. Do you get a lot of like? Do you, do you get a lot of haters in the comments? And Always. Stuff like that? How do you deal with that? Um, you know, I think there's two things. One, I gotta remind myself. First of all, I don't respond. Mm. There's no way I'm responding because it's just feeding into their low frequencies. Um, so that's one. I like that. They're low yeah. frequencies. Two, it's like, yeah, bro, it's the, like it's the frequency. Yeah. Um, two, it's like, yo. How you gonna hate on the people that are actually out here trying? How you gonna hate on the person who's like, yo, I'm about to put this out there. It's like, bro, you gotta try some of that for yourself. Yeah, Try it. I remember this one dude um, in the comments, he was like, oh yeah, this, cause I did a rendition of another song, I did mm -hmm. a cover and he was like, Oh, this shit is trash. <laughs> and um, and I was like, you know what? I usually just let this slide, but I got a little time today. And all I said was, all I said was, let's see yours then. That's literally all I said. And bro said, oh, I ain't really even mean it like that. <laughs> yeah, because they don't think they're going to get a reply. Yeah, they're keyboard warriors. They're just, they're just bored, man. Yeah. And I didn't even ether him. I just yeah. I just put the mirror on him like this. Yeah. Let's see yours. That was it. So, you know what I mean? It's... I don't know what it is why people feel they, like, they need to tear someone else down to feel better about themselves. Like, I, I, I don't comprehend the logic behind it. I have never... And I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. And I always make sure I never, if I'm going to say something to someone who's putting something out there, yeah. it's either positive or nothing at all. Right, right, right. Because that person is, we all are. We're all riding on what people are saying about what we're doing. It's, it, There's no way you can live in today's society without paying attention to the noise around you. Mm. As an artist, I can imagine that's only amplified tenfold. Mm -hmm. But unless you got something nice to say, why say it at all? Yeah, and I think it speaks to what you're saying, right? Like, if you're not in the arena building yourself, if you're not in the arena working on something, all you could do is hate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
like, you know, you know, no disrespect to, um, you know, Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith in the NBA, because it's not meant to be disrespectful, but they're commentators because they're not playing. Mm. All they do is commentate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, and that's not to say that they hate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know Skip and LeBron, but. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you look on the other side too, and you, like, let's say like Shaq, and it's like, well, he just knows. Because you think Shaq, they're like, I, response people always say, well, all he talks about is I'm a champion. And it's Who not like that? Shaq. Oh, right. right. And, and that's like how he'll like end a lot of arguments, and, and which is correct. I love right? that. I mean, if you've gotten to that point, though, I think you can, that's where I think you can flex a little. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've read some arguments about that, is that they're saying that with the players that they don't, that some of them don't have like the broad scope. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if you're like, you're kind of like, okay, you, you're very biased and you might stick to just what you know. Mm. Right, opposed to like a commentator, like they don't really know that. So they, like, you know, when you don't know the main thing, just so you go everything else. But it's like, so they'll know about this and this about this team and this about this team. And it's like, as a former player, sometimes you don't always have that, I guess, in depth analysis. That right. kind of. But I, I prefer hearing the players talk about it all the time. Yeah, I, I like it too. I like it too. I definitely think it's nice to have that balance, though, to have somebody who's like, oh, I can see it from this angle because you know you don't look at it that mm-hmm. deeply. But it just hits different when you see the actual players yeah. riffing off each other and you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. you're getting into the weeds of things, you know? Yeah. Is there anything like that in the music industry? Commentators of some kind that you can, like... I'm just curious. I'm thinking out loud. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Um. Oh, like people, like, critiquing the, yeah, the yeah, industry? Yeah. That you could be like, okay, this is a person whose opinion on... Because like it, music is so subjective. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like that person who says, "Hey, this is trash." It's the same song that to a thousand other people could be like, "This is amazing." Mm-hmm. So many right? different genres. Right? Yeah, so there's just too much to to for one person. I think to to be a critic. Fam, music is even worse than sports. Cause you see how in sports you got the TV mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. Um, in music, you got all the YouTube reviewers you got all the twitter reviewers right ig <laughs> tiktok <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying it's like a constant boom, let's descend on this project right here yeah music is wild yo and to your point yeah 95 people may not like your song and 200,000 people love your song yeah what does the 95 people's opinion even matter it doesn't but we focus on the negative. So yeah. as someone who used to be in the mental health space, why do we focus so much on the negative? Um, well, from what I've learned, there's a there's an evolutionary reason for it. Okay. And the evolutionary reason is, you know, if you're if you're walking down a road, right, and one side has a danger and the other side is just normal, your brain is going to pay more attention to that dangerous side cuz it can actually have an effect on your life Mm. and and that's and and that's why as humans we're we we're more attracted to bad news because it can actually affect our lives whereas good news is like you know what i'm saying it could or it can't it's like neutral right but bad news you know what i mean it can actually like hurt some shit so i think that is just a part of how we're wired and we gotta train ourselves not to feed into it. You gotta protect yourself from that, from all that negativity. 
Yeah, I never thought about that before. It actually makes sense. I was thinking a lot simpler. I was thinking like if you have like two bags of chips and someone's like, which one do you want? But you can't have that one. Even if you're going to choose this one, now you're like, wait, why can't I have? Now your brain kind of wants that one because it's just because I guess being told no, there's something about not not being able to, because we also in the world you can't, like you can do anything you want. Hmm, right? and, and everybody always tells us, it's like you can do anything you want. So it's like once, once someone tells you that you can't do something, it's like, wait a second, why? Yeah. Is it can't because you can't do it, or like do you not believe it's possible? Because everything's impossible until somebody does it. True, yeah. right? And it's just like so. It's it's. I think it's cause a lot of times people tell us they can't do something. You can't do something because they can't do it. In that sense, right? So you're always kind of like, okay, well, just like you know, a lot of times you shouldn't you shouldn't drop out of school and do this, and then when people have dropped out of school, then done great things. Yeah, watch right? me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I want to know where you get your inspiration from. I've always fascinated by artists and their creative process and where they draw their inspirations from if you want to share that uh yeah i mean i'm i'm here with you so i'll definitely <laughs> share it um i think i'm somebody who's i'm just inspired by everything around me you know what i mean everything like you know every time i hear a song on the radio or in the in the pizza hut or whatever the case may be um it's a it's there's some there's something to be inspired by there you know there's a story there um so that's like passive then when i seek out inspiration is you know going to like art galleries and you know going to you know different exhibits um because then i'm seeing somebody else's worldview that i may not identify with and seeing whoa like this is a reality for somebody and that and that stuff always inspires me for sure and what are you hoping people on the receiving end of your music mm -hmm. what are you hoping that they take away from your music um i hope they take away a sense of personal power you know um because in my music my intention always is if Am I being liberated by this song right here? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like when I put out this song, is it making me feel a little more freer? Is it making me feel a little more, am I living life more because of this song? And if the answer is yes, then there's a high chance that it's gonna help somebody else do that. Cause at the end of the day, you know, music is, we're gonna take it there, it's vibrations. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the and the vibrations that you put into the music is coming out on the receiving end. Whether we like it or not, it's like, it's, it's science at this point. And um, yeah, just going with that intention. And, you know, that's what my favorite artists do. Kendrick, that's what he does. Mm. Bob Marley, that's what he does. <laughs> you know, Fela Kuti, that's what he does. And they don't have to say it. You just feel it. So... And how do you balance as an artist the entrepreneurial side of things with the creative side of things? Because I imagine that there's a, a good part of you that's constantly thinking, will this make me money? Mm -hmm. Because naturally you got to live. Absolutely. And on the other side, staying true to the art itself without mm -hmm. sacrificing any of that. How do you balance the two? Well, I'll tell you how. I don't believe in a starving artist. Okay. No, I reject that theory. I rebuke it. For all my aspiring artists, established artists, 
we reject the notion of a starving artist. Um, and that's because I feel like we've been told that in order to make good art, good art, you got to be suffering. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, bruh, we already suffered enough. You mm. feel me? So, yeah, I'm, I'm very cautious and I'm very, you know, deliberate with, with the moves that I make um, from a from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, and, you know, I want I want to sustain myself. I want to sustain the message that I put out to the world. And I can't do that if I'm in a state of struggling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I take it very seriously. Um, I take... Um, also, another important thing is if you feel more secure, in my opinion, if you feel more secure financially, you're not going to do... You're not gonna make corny decisions to make money that will ultimately harm your art. Do you feel me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I like that perspective. I I just can't I don't see myself doing a song with somebody just because they offer me a bag and it's like a whack song or the music doesn't gel with my spirit just because they paying me money for it. Like I don't yeah. see myself doing that. You don't need it at that point. Because yeah. you're you're secure. Give thanks. Mm -hmm. it's it's such a powerful position to be in when you can make that decision mm -hmm. because you're not sacrificing your art you're not sacrificing your creative process or your character you're remaining true to who you are as an artist absolutely and then yeah. you protect that essentially mm -hmm. like you nurture you're watering your art essentially 100 percent. so artists <laughs> it's not time to go broke you know i like i said i rebuke the idea of going broke for artists it's not in us we keep it moving so how do artists who are starting off or coming out and are struggling right they're in that process of they want to dedicate more time to their art but they have that that job that they have to hold down mm -hmm. what could they do to change that narrative a little more i feel like there's a certain stigma with working a job and being an artist that I just don't agree with, you know? I think, you know, if if your if your job is sustaining your creativity, it's not wrong with that. If it's like the job is literally taking away from the creativity in terms of like brain power and whatnot, then it should be reassessed. You know what I'm saying? Um and 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 I understand that. You know, because I've been there. I've been in a place where I was working full time and it was taken away from my creativity because I was in the weeds with my work mm. and I made the decision to leave that job. But even though I left that job, I was still finding ways to make money, yeah. legal tender, in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to sustain yourself. And, and, um, there's no stigma. Like, I just want to wipe away that stigma. Like, yo, if you got a job, fam, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. You're you working. Celebrate, man. You're, you're especially, working. Especially, like, I feel like, especially more in the rapping, too, because it's supposed to be, like, ballers. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? yeah. Like, like, and it's, it's like, so, yeah, like, you can be rapping and work anywhere because... Everybody is. Everybody's working. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially know? in this economy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how an economy works. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not working, how are you making money? Yeah. 
Let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Not everybody's balling. That's not how capitalism most, most works. Most people aren't balling. Most <laughs> people aren't balling. Yeah. yeah. And the more conversations, that's the thing, more conversations you have with people, like real conversations you have with people, you realize that even if they're quote unquote balling, their expenses are a lot higher too. Right? So it's like they're still, they're still <laughs> in that, they're still struggling. Just at a higher level. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, fighting the, same, fighting the same fight, just maybe on the fifth floor. Like, you know, but like they're still, they're fighting just as hard as you're fighting. Yeah. Right. And he just and it's just like so. Don't even just keep moving. <laughs> yeah. At your own pace in your own lane. Keep the blockers on because, like, I mean, listen, Chad. You know Chad Johnson. I don't know. If yeah. Yeah. Ocho, Ocho Cinco. Ocho. Yeah. You know, I I love how unapologetic he is about saving money because he just doesn't care. <sighs> I love it. Like, he's, <laughs> he's funny. Man. Like he's just like yo. I was wearing fake chains. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because from afar, who could tell the difference? You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, that's his that's his way of doing things. Mm -hmm. But the moral of the story is for me, it doesn't matter what you have on you. If you can't afford it, that's that's just corny. That's the yeah. corniest mm -hmm. thing. You got stuff on you that you can't afford, that's cornier than not having it on you. hundred yeah. percent. So. Or going out and, and balling and, and spending, like, just splurging everywhere. And in reality, you don't even have enough to, to put food on the table. Yeah, like, you do you do stupid shit to impress people that don't even care. Yeah. No. What is it you do? You Nobody do cares, stuff man. to impress people that you don't that you don't care about or that don't care about you with money you don't have. Like, it's just... Some, it's, something like yeah, that. Yeah, just... We do it, especially men. We, we, we like... To, like, we feel as though we need to show off. Yeah, That's yeah. That's how we... That's how we make our mark. That's how we stamp our it's like power. Peacock, peacock feathers, right? Yeah. Like it's like, you know, like you got to see, you got to see me, mm -hmm. right? And whatever, the, whatever way you got to see, sometimes it's okay. Like it's also too, is what are you trying to attract? Because right? mm. there's, 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 there's beliefs that certain things attract certain people. Mm -hmm. like, so if I do this, I'm going to attract this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. In reali reality, I imagine you're probably attracting the wrong type of people. Absolutely. Cause you're then, cause then you don't. Need, but then that people, then you get in that situation. Where maybe that's all they want. Mm -hmm. Maybe I mean to each his own, right? Some people just want to attract whoever they can attract yeah. at that point. Yeah. So it runs deep. It does, but it, it ultimately ends up like it. I think there's just there's too many men that end up living these fake lives, mm -hmm. and they're unhappy inside, and it's all show. Mm -hmm. It's all a facade, and it's for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And it, and ultimately, what ends up happening is then they start taking those shitty jobs, and they and they make those songs, or or they they go and they collab with someone because they need the money now. Right, right, like right. They've sacrificed their soul at that point. Yeah, but love yeah. yours. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Focus on yourself. Love yours. And speaking of yourself, what do you got coming up outside of this? You said you're going. You're doing some some stuff around the states. You got yeah. a new album coming. Yes, sir. When does that one drop? Can you um, say, can you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the only thing is I don't have a firm date. Okay. But I know it's gonna be before the summer. Okay. Of this year, um, working on some working on some songs right now, and I have a song dropping in two days. It's called Flowers. Flowers. Um, it's featuring. Uh, wait, when's this gonna drop? Uh, this episode will probably drop in a few, in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. So it'll bet. be post the song. All right. So you're yeah. good then. Yes. Yeah, so it's called Flowers. It's featuring Mavi, one okay. of my favorite mm -hmm. artists right now. Um, he had a show in Toronto last night, um, which I, I came out for. 
Um, and it's a beautiful song. It's it's basically about what we're talking about right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just hope people internalize the words for real. I love that. I love that. I love when an artist really the, their songs really embody something that means something to them. It's not just look at all the money I have, look at all the cars I have, or oh, I went to a club here and did this. It's like there's actual meaning in their lyrics. So it's flowers, right? Yes, and sir. In, in the sense of like, give people the flowers when when they're alive, or is it like? Yeah, that's part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. is it like men like flowers too? Do you like flowers? Of what? Do, when's the last time you got flowers? Yo, I got flowers two weeks ago. Yeah, man, I don't get flowers, man. The last time you got flowers, do you uh, like flowers? I like flowers, but I don't know if I like receiving flowers because I don't know what to do with them. Mm. You know, like my girlfriend loves flowers, so I'll get her flowers all the time. That's I right. like giving flowers because I love the reaction that people have when they receive it. Yeah, but if someone gave me a set of flowers, I'm like, these are nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like true that, that personally, that's it. I hear you. I hear that. I I I agree with that. I said like my I like a plant. Yeah, like because like, then plants because flowers gonna die in like a week, like a week or two. It's like either way it's gonna die. In a week. So it's like I don't know if I'm really doing a good job at taking care of it or how. Long, or maybe it's just like you know maybe this flower just dies quickly. But if it's a plant, you know if, if you're taking care of it. Yeah, for sure. If it grows, it grows, and you like you know still a little something to take care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. You just water it every so often. Yeah, and, and then well every day and. <laughs> then it yeah. grows, but I don't know enough about plants. Give it the right, <laughs> give it the right sunlight conditions. Yeah, flowers, yeah, yeah, flowers, man. Because even the, to me, it's like the imagery of flowers, like a bouquet. You're seeing all of these different colors in there, and this is like a reflection of the world that I want to live. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I want diversity. I want you know different colors, different perspectives, different lifestyles. Like that's. That's what makes, in my opinion, that's what makes Toronto one of the best cities on this planet Mm. is the sheer amount of, you know, ideologies, perspectives, flavors, tastes coming together. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's 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 my entire being. That's why I'm wearing these bright colors, (laughs) you know, because it's just how I feel. No, amazing. Mm -hmm. Toby, I appreciate you, man. Thank hey. you for coming by. Likewise. Thank you, thank you for sharing your story appreciate with us. Appreciate you pulling up. Yeah, yeah man. Taking time, you know. You got, you got a flight schedule. to catch, so I appreciate you coming and yeah. hanging out for a little bit. Absolutely. absolutely. Now we got to do this again. Soon. Very soon. Hey, we got more to do. We a got more. more. Now we're tapped in. You know what I mean? 100%. So now you, you two are part of the clan. You go. feel me? I appreciate it. And we'll thank keep you for it going. welcoming yeah. us in. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Poncho, thank you Poncho. very much.